Hey y'all, this is the legendary Sonny G, Sonny with an O, not a U. And this is your boy Sterling Moody. And we are F a Podcast. F a Podcast. And thank you for listening to us. So make sure you tune in to F a Podcast, a real N-word podcast where we talk about real N-word stuff. That's it. So make sure y'all tune in. F a Podcast. F a Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all again for tuning in to F a Podcast. And once again, uh, this is a show that is dedicated to conning while black, as I call it. And so I have a couple of guests with me today. Uh, to my right is the fabulous, great, none other than Mr. Bar Fox himself. You've probably seen him cosplaying some of your favorite superheroes in what is possibly the tightest of spandex he can find. <laughs> like... I know, and I admire it because I'm like, you know what, the comic book accuracy. This this is a Jim Lee. He looks just like a Jim Lee drawing, so I can't even be mad. Like it's, it's it's the accuracy is just so dead on. And also, I'm sorry. One more time. For the people. For the people. I'm lowly horror. Lowly horror. L O L I H A R A. Okay. See, I thought it was H O R R O R. I was about no. to be like, "Hold on, that's a, that's the wrong show. We doing that's the October show. We you, you got to come back for the October." Okay. Yeah. So, Loli Hara. And did like you, Lolita and Harajuku. Oh, okay. I get that. I get I, I was an old school Nicki Minaj fan. That's how I know Harajuku. Unfortunately, that's how people know me. Ah. <laughs> that was my first cosplaying while black issue tell tell us about that (laughs) that that was what was the first so i am a black girl who likes kawaii culture right who made the mistake of debuting her kawaii cosplay at dragon con the same year Nicki minaj came out Nicki came to dragon con oh sorry my my bad go ahead when she came out you know oh just when she blew up gotcha yes and so every single white person who would see me in the line was like Oh, is she Nicki Minaj? I'm like, Lord Jesus, no. <laughs> like, is it impossible for you to process a black girl who likes kawaii culture? At that time, it was. This is like, what, 2008, 2009? Yes. A long ago, yeah. Yeah, it was, was. I'm surprised people didn't just call you Black Sailor Moon. They, yeah, well, see, my friend who um, lives in D.C. and she is a tattoo artist, she was the black girl doing cosplay, and she actually was trying to create a cosplay group mm-hmm. uh, to bring awareness to the diversity which is in Kauai culture. But she all the way up in D.C. Mm. I was like, surely this is Atlanta. This is black. I'm going to see other black girls cosplaying Kauai. I did not. So it just made it that much more awkward, but especially because I had a two-tone um, wig that I had made, and I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be obvious that this is ka- that this is kawaii." Nicki Minaj was wearing two tone wigs too, unbeknownst to me. Just made it that much harder. Don't you hate when that happens? I just read a recent recent story. So apparently, there was a, a, a guy who came out around the same time that Michael Jackson started his solo career. Um. I'm trying to remember his name right now. I want to say it's like Walter or something, but basically Michael Jackson stole like a whole lot of his swag. And it's one of those stories where you're like, 
No, not possible. Then you go on YouTube and you listen to a song. You're like, no, that that sounds awfully close right. to Lady in my life. Oh, Hold on no. one second, like, oh, no. like I think Mike might have actually stole this. So, but I think it's it's just one of those two coincidences at the same time. But nobody's gonna see it like that. They're always gonna see this person first, and then. You know, then this person, they're like, oh, you copied. No, that was actually me first, but. I mean, because the funny thing is, I had a friend, she did an alter ego party. Mm -hmm. And so that's literally hella months before Dragon Con. And that's when I first did it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I literally started like going out in public. Like I would go to, doesn't exist anymore, but uh, there used to be this little bar off of Peachtree Street and they would have, oh, that's when I first became a friend of Salah Anansi, that is a plug. Um, <laughs> but he used to uh, DJ at this part, at this little club or whatever you want to call it, restaurant, bistro, we'll call social. And I would literally show up as Kawaii. Oh, wow. So nice. when it so when Dragon Con came, I was like, "Oh, that's an easy, quick, last-minute decision to go costume." <laughs> Something I was already doing, right? It's and it's dope that you even because that's you know Kauai. If and anybody you know uh, doesn't know what that this is Japanese culture. This is this is uh, a Japanese culture thing. And I spent three years in Okinawa, Japan, so I was like flooded with Kauai this and Kauai that. It's like it's too cute. Yes. So. But my daughter's favorite movie is My Neighbor Totoro, so. Yes. <sighs> and then Mr. Bar Fox. Yes. So what got you, I, I'm very interested, what got you into cosplaying? Wow, that's a good question. First of all, that introduction you gave was fire, so I want to make sure I let you know. Thank you. appreciate it. Thank you. I try. You know, I work hard to, to squeeze in the spandex <laughs> that I wear, so. Hey, <laughs> and like I said, I was like, man, this dude looks just like... The picture. Like, you don't get to say that often. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I work with a great team of people. When I say the photographers and the designers, and I have a wig lady. Shout out to Lil Mina uh, at Mina's Fashion. And then I have Dean's List. They'll be working on my costumes. And it's just an amazing collaboration to help me get the look that I want to get. So, you know, shout out to all of them. But how did I get into cosplay? You know, I was always into dressing up Halloween. My parents are awesome i was that child that got to pick whatever he wanted to wear at least two times a week and just do it my way and basically halloween wasn't enough for me and one year i was modeling for another convention here and my friend lisa Barger, shout out to lisa she was like why are you not downtown everybody's in costumes and i was like what are you talking about and she was like this is where you should be so i left the one convention and headed down to dragon con and it was just utopia. I couldn't believe I had found so many people who were like-minded and I was just in awe with the creativity. And ever since then, I think that was 2006, I've been, I've been there every year since then. And um, you know, I've, I formally went from putting on a costume that I did every year to cosplaying you know, a few years after that. And so the transition from that, like what was the, the spark that went from let me just go pick up a Green Lantern costume from uh, Walmart to hey you know what let me make a realistic the spark for me is when I did go to Dragon Con I only saw what they considered popular characters at the time and there were not enough African American characters represented and I wanted to be that so I was like what can I do 
to incorporate that into this fun environment. And I was like, it's not sold because it's not popular enough to be sold, so I'm going to have to make it. I'm going to have to create the look, create the vibe. And that's what I did. And actually, I love doing obscure characters. That's just my thing. Um, shaman, vibe, and people don't like them usually. I do have to be connected to the character, but I'm not the one that just follow the trend. Mm -hmm. I kind of do my own thing, and that's why I came up with my Cosplay Your Way company, Do It Your Way, Be On The Edge, Color Outside The Box. So that's and, what happened. And that is dope. That is, I, I like uh, obscure. My favorite thing is finding out who an obscure character is, because I'll look and I'll be like, who is, I don't know who that is. Isn't and then some, nice? somebody will come along and be like, <laughs> Are you crazy? That's such and such. And I'm like, well, now I've got to look that up. I don't know anything about it. And exactly. that's, that's dope to me. Exactly. It's like in a, it's in a, a way to break the ice. It gives me different characters to look up. I, it gives me the opportunity to explore something else. Because I don't want to see the same people. I want to leave every con asking, my, asking myself or asking someone who is that and researching to find out more about this character so I can see him or her in comics or in cartoons, I love to learn more stuff about people. I feel that. I feel that. So who? what's been your most challenging cosplay thus far? Wow, um, challenging. What was the most challenging? Um, my Killmonger, because I did the, the Killmonger from the comics mm -hmm. and loved it. It was, it was challenging for me in a lot of ways, but um, it, it came out, but it's just moving around with, I had spikes sticking out of my shoulders, mm -hmm. and of course, walking through the crowds, people were bumping into them, knocking them. I mean, hitting it hard. And so it was just challenging in the way of mobility, right, for me. Um, and I was like, "Dang, what can I do?" So of course, I had everybody reinforce everything because it's just impossible to get through. Right. That. Now, where I made my biggest mistake is I put on I put on Gambit one year, and a guy hit my my shield and it dented it in because I did a lightweight one. So the next year I actually bought real armor. Oh wow! Because um, I was like, if somebody hit it, they they gonna hurt their hand. But I didn't realize that I wasn't gonna be able to carry that much weight. That much on you. weight for that long. So it dug into my shoulders and I was worn out. So now after working with Fiona Leonard, I have a nice one that bounces back when somebody pushes it or hits it but at the same time it's lightweight and it's okay for my mobility because we do a lot of panels on functionality and cosplay and you need to be functional out there for eight nine hours right yeah okay okay i'm learning a lot because because I, I just thought you know you just throw some foam together and the Last year, I spent so much effort meticulously creating the teeth for my Killmonger necklace. Uh -huh. And in the time it took me to walk down the street to get on the float, somebody had knocked two of them off. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And I was like, bruh, do you realize how many hours this <laughs> took? <laughs> do you know <laughs> what I went through? Yes. Talk about team no sleep. So what? At, what after the the whole Harajuku thing? Not the Harajuku thing, but I'm talking about like so that was your introduction into being you know part of the cosplay world. What? Where did you go from there? Like, Actually, see now, I can't remember which happened first. I think. 
Okay, well, let's just assume Dragon Con happened first because that's just easier, easier story to tell. Okay, well, then someone, when I was more present on Twitter, someone actually asked me to be in their music video. I don't know if anyone out there in the community knows a rapper named Joanne, J-O-W-I-N. He made a song called Cosplay Girl, and he made a music video, and he asked me to be in it. So mm -hmm. I was in that. And that's if they didn't before, he's now got three more views now. So. <laughs> he said, three. "Well, I thought it was a great video because it almost mimicked my feelings at Dragon Con, which was ironic because Dragon Con is supposed to be an accepting community, which was a, a cosplay girl who is trying to be confident in her cosplay and confident in this part of her personality, but." Is like getting the outside world to accept her is difficult. And like, so in his video, he's got people looking at me and looking at me weird and all this type of stuff. But I guess like the the moral or the ending of his song is that she does eventually get her, her self-confidence. Hmm. And then when she, when she feels self-confident, then the um, reaction from people changes. So in a way, you were cosplaying being a cosplayer in that video. I actually was kind of low-key being myself. Ah, <laughs> see, that's the, be the best cosplay of there all. There you go, meta. <laughs> Funny. When you, can, when you can cosplay yourself, you've mastered it. Yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> while you guys were talking, I was thinking about prior to meeting any discrimination mm -hmm. in cosplay, I was blessed to have Marvel and DC recognize me, put me on their website, do an article on me. And I, one of them was so funny, I did Jericho from Titans, mm. but it's, I did a big white afro to bring some, some black flavor to the character. And I didn't know that it would be well received. And it was amazing that year I met George Perez. Dope. And he was like, I love it. And we took photos and then I ended up in some articles. So I was like, wow, this is cool. This is my group. Everybody's accepting. A few years later, I started seeing some discrimination, discriminatory things. And again, that's why I decided to be one of the people to fight against that because everybody deserves a safe space and to be able to cosplay. Nobody owns the right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And that is it's super dope that the, the stories I'm hearing from both of y'all are like pioneer stories, you know, of of being like the first openly uh, uh, out there, you know, with, with I'm not going to worry about what other people think or I'm not going to worry about what's acceptable or whatever. Like, like this is me doing what I'm doing and all of a sudden people are like, oh, that's cosplaying. You're like, oh, that's what that is? <laughs> this is this is just my Tuesday. Right. Because it was, I think, I'm trying to remember when that video was shot. It was either shot during, I'm going to just say Momocon. So again, that was an experience where I was like, surely I'm going to go here and there's going to be other black girls doing kawaii because this one is more focused on anime and Japanese culture than Dragon Con. And I still was the, the didn't black see chain. any. <laughs> but that's wonderful because if you took pictures and stuff you are probably the one that comes up when i google search but see the thing is if everyone's thinking i'm Nicki minaj they wouldn't be as i guess oh, it's like processing what is the what is the significance of all these details of this costume if you recognize that this is me being very meticulously kawaii 
you're going to give me props. But if you think I'm trying to be Nicki Minaj, especially if you don't like her, probably not going <laughs> to. I think that'll come later. That's the thing about history. History usually looks back on stuff and goes, wait a minute, that's not what I thought it was, and, and corrects itself sometimes. Somebody's going to look back on old photos of Momo Khan and be like, oh, there was a black girl doing kawaii culture. Like, it's, Nicki Minaj is going to be so far of a thing that that's going to be the first thing they think about right. is the kawaii culture mm -hmm. instead of Nicki Minaj. And so we have, real quick, on the phone, Marcus, you there? Yo, what's up? Marcus, thank you for calling in. Um, Marcus Vaughn, correct? Van? Um, it's Van, but Van. I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I feel like I feel like you know Vaughn should just go there. Like it's just that it's. I feel like that should be like your actor name. Like yes, I'm Marcus Vaughn. I... <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Marcus? What's going on, Marcus? Oh, no, much, no, much. And and so that's no, just I, getting ready for work. Well, and so I, I, I'm glad you called in. And so you, the first time I saw you, you uh, were, it's, it's crazy. I have to retrain myself because I, um, from the Jabari tribe, what's what's his actual name? I um, keep wanting to say the, the non-politically correct one. What, the M M'Baku? No, M'Baku's the, the politically M'Baku? correct one. Oh, you want to say, wanna say I, um, I, the I, ape man, one. Man, 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 for for the movie's accuracy sake to the point where people did not know that you're not winston duke exactly <laughs> um what wh what I, I, was I your still get it it's it's like you're probably at work right now with people like we work with winston duke and it's like no this, this is marcus it's still marcus <laughs> but what what so did you notice that you have a, have a similar look and then go from there or did you how did that come how did that that come come it, together here's the funny thing about it i I, I see a little bit myself. I see the, a little bit of resemblance. I, I actually had to be coached into doing this, like doing this cosplay. I, I like the character, mm -hmm. but I didn't see it. But everybody, I think it was, it was a post. My, my homie, he's like he's like family. He put it in the Facebook group and he he did a side by side picture. And I really don't see it, but apparently everybody else saw it. It got you know a lot of shares, a lot of reactions. So I just like you don't see. Well, it. I guess yeah, Marcus. I think I see it. <laughs> I think so. Everybody but you sees it is is what I'm hearing. And then you did us, which is the same. Oh my actor. god! Yes. Exactly. It was a double take both times. <laughs> I promise. When that are you sure you're not Winston Duke? That's basically what I'm getting at here. Are yeah. you? When he walked by you know, with the bat, I, I, I literally went. I would like, love his money. <laughs> okay, so that's that's dope. So was that? So was that your most elaborate cosplay thus far? Like so far, what what have you? Besides us and Mbaku, what else have you really sunk your teeth into cosplay wise? Um, well, like last year I did um a character for Ruby called um Yang Shaolong. She's a she's actually a, a white the character is a white female. Mm -hmm. And I actually, you know, did a gender bent of that. Well, I did that last year and um year before that uh, that I did uh, a character called Shoma from Guy Eater and I did uh, a Fallout cosplay. So I've been this is like I think this is like my sixth cosplay oh, idea. Dope. Sixth character idea. What was the what was the the thought process when you first got into cosplay? Because I know like there's a, there's usually when black people talk about cosplay, like it's usually a, a, a the genesis of a um, I'm trying to think of the type of movie. It's like Rocky. 
almost. It's like somebody says, you can't do it, and then you go, you know what? I'm going to prove them wrong. <laughs> I am going to become Pac-Man this this uh, September for Dragon Con. But, like, what was your um, initial introduction into deciding you wanted to cosplay? Well, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I grew up in a small town, and everything was, like, basically called costumes. Like, everything associated with wearing costumes was, like, Halloween. So, um, so I actually just, I actually was interested, you know, just, just trying to, you know, just trying to be like a standout person just during the Halloween parties and stuff, like during the college days, just, I said, you know, I want to do Goku for Halloween, you know, do, I was thinking about doing catches for Halloween. Then I got introduced to Momokai and it was just like a whole plethora of people into cosplay. I just like, oh no, I can't. Knowing me, I just I just can't come up here in regular clothes anymore. So after that, that's when I just basically got into it. Um, I, I just like the feeling of you know. It's, to me, I grew up watch. I was a big fan of Power Rangers growing up, and to me, when I put on the cosplay, I feel like I just morphed into like a superhero. I feel a whole lot better. You know, I feel it, I feel empowered when I cosplay. It does feel like that. I I completely understand. I, as a matter of fact, my workout clothes are all superhero themed like my the the when i have to do cardio i purposely put on my miles morales tights because <laughs> that's the only way i feel like i can run three miles that morning so i completely understand that wow um and and like bar fox was, was saying earlier like halloween's just not enough you know i i would have loved to have been that kid see i just didn't have the nerve i like like i admire that you had the nerve that if they said hey it was casual friday you were coming in in costume like well this is casual as i get that's right you know i wish i was that kid because i was constantly they're like you can't wear batman uh, uh you can't wear your batman outfit to school and i'm like why not well, I, I, had a, I had a cheat. I grew up in an entertainment type environment. So it was all about showing uniqueness and individuality. I had my own TV show in high school mm. and I'm in, I'm in entertainment now. So it's just, it's been my life. I was a choreographer. I danced with actual music groups, the popular ones at the time. I was on air every week. So it was kind of okay for me to walk a different path because I was encouraged to be different and right. to show creativity all the time. So, like I said, so for me, that would have been, you know, he's acting out, and for you, it was just Tuesday. Yes, yeah, it was just like, give me more, give me more. We love how you jumped off that building. Can we see it again type stuff? And we love that pink this and that purple this and your hair this colored another color. So I got away with stuff. That is dope. Well, Marcus, I appreciate you for calling in, brother. Thank you very much. Oh, no problem. And. Um, if anybody wants to follow you on social media, what's your information? It would be um, on, on Instagram. It's, it's Paladin Van. It's P A L A D I N underscore Van with V A N N. And on Twitter is it's the same. It's just without the underscore. It's, it's Paladin Van without the underscore. All right. Well, uh, for Twitter. Well, thank you very much, brother. And you have a great rest of your evening. I'll right, see you later, right, Marcus. I'm gonna hit you up too. I, I got I something I want you to do. Okay. All right. And I'm learning a lot about the different thought processes between cosplay. This is this is dope. Um cuz again as a kid like to me the the cheap family dollar costumes 
The ones that when you went trick-or-treating in them, they tore up by the third house. <laughs> that was as far as the idea of a costume went with me. You know what I'm saying? I would have never in my wildest dreams have thought to make a realistic armor type right. anything or to make the actual teeth that go on the necklace. Like, to me, it would have just been like, get some aluminum foil and crumple it up until it kind of has like that jagged and then just throw it on a necklace or something. And <laughs> here you go. Somebody was like, no, what I need is I need a... a I need an actual crucible so I can melt the metal down so I can actually shape it and <laughs> things of that nature. And you're like, wow, where do you find the time? So where do you, where, okay, that's where I guess I got, where do you find where the time? Where do you find the time? Oh my time. God, Make let it. me get on you, my soapbox. Okay, <laughs> I have less, a 40 hour work week, right? And, um, but in reality, I work more than 40 hours. And then on top of that, I already have like, um, extracurricular activities that I do. I am a roller skater, and then I also kickbox. And then I tend to make these last-minute decisions that I'm going to go to Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, from the time I get get home, mm -hmm. which may be 9, maybe 12, <laughs> up until I have to be to work at 9 a.m., that's the time. So, usually, it is literally team no sleep for me. I was going to say, so what you're basically saying is the moments in between blinking. The moments yeah. in between blinking is when you find to actually. I, so I'm, since I'm creative in a lot of different ways, I get into this zone where it's like I don't need to eat. I don't need to sleep. I don't need to do anything until I'm done. And then in the moment that my brain says you're done, I almost immediately fall asleep. Mm. Crash. You crash. Yes, I really do. Like, I remember I was sewing one time, and I did that last stitch, and it was almost like I fell. <laughs> Went to a coma after that. <laughs> Bruh. Yeah, it, it's a lot of time management. You, your time management skills need to be at its highest possible skill set. And sleep deprivation, unfortunately. But I'm trying to take the sleep deprivation out of the equation. Because with sleep deprivation, when you're working on some stuff, you make some mistakes that you wouldn't have made if you were rested, which causes it to be a little longer than you needed it to be if you had gotten your sleep. But it is really, really about time management because everybody's working or most of us are working jobs. Like you said, we have other things going on. We have other responsibilities and other people that need us in their life that we're trying to be there for. Yep. So to do this is definitely a passionate project for us. So we make the time for it because it has to be put in the middle of all the other things we do for our life. Absolutely. And and so on the line, um, we, we've got for a short minute. Lee, are you are you here with us? Lee? Lee is not. All right. Oh, I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh. I had you on mute. My bad. Oh, that <laughs> I, see, I know that story. All right. I recognize that voice. <laughs> Lee Willis, thank you for for joining uh, the show. And we are the 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 whole thing is we are talking about cosplay dripping. Um, what interesting stories about cosplay do you have? Ooh, um, wow! Define interesting. <laughs> so right now, just what story jumps off the top of your head as as far as being a, co a, a, a cosplay enthusiast, like either seeing something or something you've done yourself? Um, huh. Well, I, I'm, I'm a cosplay photographer, not so much a cosplayer. 
Um, so the one thing that I would say that's been really interesting and been really rewarding is seeing how many people of color are breaking into doing cosplay. Mm. That's been something that's been really, you know, near and dear to my heart. Cause when I first started doing, you know, cosplay and con photography, there were only like a, a handful of people who were really doing it. And <clears throat> that's really changed. I mean, you know, with, with BET coming to Dragon Con and, you know, doing things there, highlighting black cosplayers and things like that, I think that that's been a wonderful thing. Um, I think one of the, one of my favorite stories, well, is, is, is always seeing the kids break into it. Like just seeing how, how the kids are maybe at first they're a little bit timid or shy, you know, being in costume and being around a whole bunch of people, but seeing them kind of grow into their own. Um, and I love that because they're not just the cosplayers of tomorrow. They are actually the cosplayers of today. Absolutely. I want to add because Lee is amazing and he's too humble. I was going to say he's, he's too humble. What Lee did is he came to the con and he saw that something was missing. African-American or people of color were not being photographed. Exactly. They were not getting their pictures up. Nobody was stopping them. And he said, as a photographer, as a person that loves this art, I'm going to photograph every POC person I can find. And I'm going to give them quality photos that they can use. And that's what he came in and he started doing. And that's amazing. It is. I've, I've seen the photos. I'm like, wow. Like, like even before, like he said, before BET even came along, he was, he was the movement. Yeah, he was that. He yo, was let me movements. see what photos he took mm-hmm. to so I can see what black, clo- you know, the the costumes I missed. You know, who 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 did something that I didn't get to see? And people were not doing that. So to be a man of that type of integrity, to see that something was missing, to pull out your camera, to well, to get everybody's picture that you can, mm-hmm. is just a phenomenal phenomenal thing. Lee, we know. I know you want to say well, something, but we're Thanks, Jabbar. We're, we're coming to the to the end of one show, but I want you to stick around because I'm gonna bring you back on on the next. So, she just give me like three minutes. Um, I'm gonna close. Sure. I'm gonna close this one out real quick, and I want to thank my guests. I want to thank Bar Fox, and I want to thank Lowly Hara for coming and and. and Talking about you know being pioneers of the cosplay OGs in this cosplay game, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you. You, know, you you better take the, the, these <laughs> these credits, the OGs of the cosplay hey, game. I accept that. You know, I'm trying to forge a way, keep it going, yeah, and yeah. motivate people. So that's what Honey, I do. You are in the presence of the legend of I, the Royal Bar Fox. I, I know <laughs> you. You should have been here early. I, I was surprised people accepted the invitation. I was like, hold on now, don't just be saying yes to me like that. I, I'm I didn't expect this <laughs> so i appreciate everybody who 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 is coming and, and bar fox especially and and lowly horror especially and this has been f a podcast y'all be cool like how y'all be cool have a great evening this is the legendary sunny g and thank you for tuning in to f a podcast you can also go ahead and follow us at trap nerd ent on instagram twitter facebook you can also go to our patreon if you enjoy what we do and make a donation patreon.com slash Trapner ENT and be on the lookout for future events. Sign up for our email list at trapnerent at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Y'all be cool like how y'all be cool.